Your inner geek wants to come out and play. But where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club. Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. We've got the show's namesake, BJ Shea. Hi, buddy. And running the boards is still me, because Joey D's is... In Vegas? He's still inebriated. <laughs> he probably is. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> On today's show, we will talk to Kevin Smith about He-Man. Wait a second. Kevin Smith? The Kevin Smith? The Kevin Smith. Not what? a Kevin Smith. Wow. The Kevin Smith. About the He-Man? About the He-Man. Whoa. Right? We will get a listener email about Legion. Someone might not like you, BJ. Oh, here we go. <laughs> we will review some board games and, of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Via our website, BJGeekNation.com, yeah. blogs, podcasts, and more. more. But really, if you just search for BJ Shea's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube, you will find us. And if you want other ways to listen, Radio.com and iTunes is a good way. Yeah, exactly. And uh, go ahead and give us a five-star review Please. and uh, leave us some text on uh, Apple Podcasts. And if you do, yeah, we, we, we may read some of them, actually. If, yeah. if, you leave a, if, you leave, even if you leave a nasty one, we might read that, too. I don't know if we're going to do that. Well, maybe just so I can then defeat their <laughs> argument with my incredible incredibleness. Oh, yeah. Is that how that works? That's how that works. I'm sure it is. Uh, recently, uh, just like uh, last week when we talked with Seth Rogen, uh, on the main radio show, we talked about Seth about uh, Good Boys, which if, is the movie. And if you don't know, if you, I mean, we assume everybody who listens to this podcast is from Seattle. But if you, we host a morning radio show on a rock station in Seattle, Washington. And so because of that, we get access to a lot of celebrities that would call in. And if any of them are halfway geeky, I always make sure to ask them a geeky question yeah. really for this podcast. Which I love, which yeah. it makes my job a lot easier. Kevin Smith, on the <laughs> other hand, is not halfway geeky. He's all the He's way He's all geeky. And he called in because of the Jay and Silent Bob reboot which is coming out in October. Uh, very excited for this because they're also doing like a, a national tour, like they're touring around with it to yeah, go watch so the movie. You can watch the movie with them, it. Q&A. Yeah. The sad thing for poor Kevin was, I mean, he's there to promote the movie, but right, like, like I think a day or two before he starts this uh, radio press tour to promote the movie, they drop the news about <laughs> what he's going to be doing with Netflix. And of course, well, everybody wants to know about that. Exactly. And of course, we would be remiss if we didn't ask about it. Yeah. So, so here's Mr. Kevin Smith talking about He-Man. You are involved in a He-Man animated series possibility. And everybody said, who tweeted us today, if you're talking to Kevin, you got to ask him about He-Man. What the hell's going on with that? Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty astounding. Uh, a couple months back, um, I met with the folks at Mattel Television, and they were like, we're, we're working to bring back He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. And do you have an interest? And I was like, my Lord. I was, I, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I didn't collect the toys. I was at a period where my parents were like, we spent too much money on Star Wars toys. You're not starting something else. <laughs> yeah. So, But I watched the cartoons all the time. So I was way familiar with the mythology, and I was like, I'm here. You know, I said, look, if you're going to do something, Here's a story. This is what I would do. They always ask you what you would do. 
So I was like, this is my idea for a story. And they kind of went for it. And they told me that like they'd already had Netflix on board. So they had to just, you know, go pitch the story to Netflix, which we did. And our exec Teddy was into it and whatnot. So suddenly they were like, all right, you're in charge. And I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, you're, you're, you know, pick some writers and, and come up with our scripts and let's do this. And it was shocking. I've, you know, for, I've, I've never really been in charge of a thing uh, other than my things. You know, I make my stuff and that's one thing. But yeah. like, suddenly somebody was like, here's a bunch of IP, you know, intellectual property of, of famous characters that everybody knows and have known for three decades. Mm-hmm. Um, you and your friends come up with a story and take us back in time because that's the idea. This is kind of a sequel series to the classic era of uh, Masters of the Universe that everybody knows and loves so well. So the idea was to kind of pick up where the last episode left off. Some people say there was no real continuity in that show. It was just a series of morality tales and whatnot. And they're absolutely right. But there was a little bit of a mythology and a thread that ran throughout um, all the episodes. If people know those episodes, they'll probably realize what I'm talking about. That never really got resolved. And that kind of is the storyline on which we pivot. I have to be very careful because uh, they, you know, now I'm now I play with somebody else's toys. Yeah, they make you sign a bunch of things about what you can and can't say. Like for years, I've been watching these people working on Marvel movies, be like, I can't say nothing, I can't say nothing. Be like, man, you jerks, why don't you just say something? Then it's not like they're gonna fire you. And now I'm in that world where I'm like, I can't say nothing. <laughs> By the way, you're doing a great job because I thought, man, if Kevin has to be given a gag order in anything, that could be the toughest thing in his life. Oh, God, you ain't kidding. It's <laughs> such a it's, it's, it's really tough for me, man, because you know I love this bill. And the really hard thing is, like, we're, we're in the mid, midst of it right now. Like, I just turned in the, the script for the first episode uh, of tomorrow or Friday. The script for the second episode comes in. So I, I wrote the one, and then... Like, uh, I read the others and, and tweak if needs be, but I got such a great team of writers, I doubt I'll need to tweak. So we're we're in the thick of it. So you just want to share details. Like, I just want to be like, oh, my God, let me tell you what happens. Let me tell you the inciting incident. Let me tell you how the saucers plays into this. Uh, everything. But you, you're you not going to see it for, like, a year because we turn in all of our stuff in three months, and then it goes to powerhouse animation uh, the folks who are bringing it to life, they do Castlevania right now on, on Netflix. Um, and then it takes them like a long time to actually produce it. Not, not, you know, like they're lazy. It's just animation takes a minute. So it won't be for a while, like till the end of 2020 or something like that, or the beginning of 2021 yeah. that folks will even see it. I'm sure they'll see, we'll tease out materials in advance, but it's really tough. Cause I just want to tell you every cool thing that I know is about to happen without spoiling it. But it's going to be like a long time. It would be the worst kind of uh, buildup. Uh, I, I, the, uh, using a term from a completely different world, I don't want to give anybody blue, and then I'll put a pause, and we'll wait and say other words, and then say balls. You know what I'm saying? Blue Skeletors. <laughs> Dude, I grew up as a huge He-Man fan. I had all the action figures, and I don't know if you could share this. It, will the animation be similar to the original, or, is, or are we just completely going down a different direction? It's anime style, so if you look at Castlevania, it'll kind of be done in that style. Okay. Um, but all the characters, I mean, we're doing character designs now. Powerhouse has been sending us, how about this? How about this? The, you know, how about this? this is what Stinkor could look like. And we're all on brand. Like, nobody is sitting in the room going, 
let's break it, you know, because we're, we got to do it our way and stuff. There's a reason these characters have been around for three decades, like make them look like how they look, but, you know, just kind of make them, make them look new. And I so saw, I, I saw anime and I, I, I wasn't sure if that was a typo. So yeah, that they will have a different look, but I mean, I, I would imagine it's an upgraded, it's going to be a cool look. Yes. Very cool look. And, and I think the anime, like Netflix kind of, groups uh, a bunch of their animated series uh, together under the Netflix anime uh, banner. Like Castlevania is in that world as well, um, will be a part of it. You know, and some people were like, but wait, an anime style, like, you know, when they did Masters Universe, that was like the last of the Western animations, the animations that were like done here. In, in Very Hanna-Barbera looking is what I remember. Yeah, with their own, like every, I mean, I bought when I was at PowerCon uh, recently, that's the He-Man convention that I went to on Sunday, and that's where we announced the show. Yeah. I bought a bunch of cells from one of the art dealers, and um, like they're they're all hand-drawn, and, and a lot of the backgrounds, of course, mm-hmm. were reused, but some of the backgrounds are hand-drawn as well. You're talking about people painting on cells. You know, nowadays, everything is done in a computer. So it's you can see the work that went into it, even though, you know, it was a TV show uh, with a, with a budget of such. So they did re- in a kids show where they thought like the kids wouldn't care, and they would reuse shots and reuse yeah. backgrounds and whatnot. The original material they did create is like that of any other artist, that of a Disney artist, man. It's painted right onto a cell. It's beautiful stuff. I'm excited for this because, to be perfectly honest, He Man was the toy that I grew up with. So, like we had, I had so many. And if you mention, if you hear something in that, he does mention probably my favorite He-Man villain of all time. Yes, Stinkor. We were so happy to hear that. And it was one of those funny things because you don't casually mention Stinkor without having him in the show. So I think hmm. we got our first villain confirmed for the He-Man. So who's worse, do you think, when it comes to spilling the beans, Kevin Smith or Tom Holland? <laughs> because I just can't imagine. I mean, Kevin did a really good job keeping it mum as much as he could because he's supposed to since he's now working for somebody. Yeah. But at the same time, it's Kevin Smith. He just loves to tell everybody, here's what you can look forward to. And you know how hard it was as you heard him. Yeah. He, yeah. I mean, is he, he loves to yeah. talk. And if you've ever read any of his comic books, he loves to write. And so I'm so Super stoked for this. He's going to be executive producing the He-Man, like he said. And he said it's anime style like Castlevania. So if you have watched it. will be it, a different animated style. Mm-hmm, and I love it, too, because I've watched the Netflix Castlevania. And it's essentially a movie broken up into four episodes. So you should just binge the entire thing because it's worth it. This is really good. I think I'm it's good. I'm excited for this. Because, look, that style that He-Man was in back in the day... To me, it, it it doesn't do the the, the story justice. No, I feel it like, I, I think it needs a better animated style anyway. So I I hope people don't get bummed out when they see what they do. But uh, you know, like you said, the style of Castlevania that's beautiful animation. Absolutely, I'm really really excited for all of this. Uh, let me know what your favorite He Man character is. We can just talk about it. You can send us an email bjgeeknation at gmail or you can just send us a Facebook message. Yeah, my I'll favorite talk about it. <laughs> my favorite character is Doctor Smith. I mean Skeletor. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's 
that's my <laughs> like, Dr. Smith is not. character. Like, well, oh, he's yeah. pretty much Dr. Smith if anybody who's ever watched the old Lost in Space. <laughs> Except he's fantastic and purple. Yeah, well, there is that. <laughs> well, speaking of Lost in Space, my dad my dad calls it, we watched Lost in Space together when the first uh, season you came out. You mean the Netflix? The, the Netflix, Netflix version. version. Oh, okay. And so actually, funny enough, yesterday, he's like, he calls it Pigs in Space as the joke. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's like, when are we going to get Muppets. more Pigs in Space? I'm like, I don't, I don't know, Dad. I heard October. October? That's what I heard. I heard really? October because they, I know they're, I believe they're they're recording it and doing it as we speak. They said there was a season two, and I thought I heard October, but I haven't heard much lately, to be honest. Mm, yes. I, I hope so. I really hope so. Uh, you yeah. did like it, though. Oh, I liked Lost in Space a lot. I thought they did such a great job with it. And as an old fan of the original series, I really loved how they updated it, made it happen, and they really, uh, I, I loved all of it, including Parker Posey's Dr. Smith. I thought she was terrific. And I like yeah. Parker Posey. Yeah. Like she's she a was good terrific. actor. She really made a Dr. Smith a much more updated version of the crazy, crazy person that, that he was in the series. Does he put out any cool Skeletor like uh, insults? She had a, she had like a she had maybe one. OK, you okay, know, okay. and but there were scenes that there were things that she did. that were Easter eggy that I really loved. There was one moment where she hid behind Will Robinson for like one moment. <laughs> And I thought, oh, that's yeah, such a throwback. Because, because, yeah, Dr. Smith always put Will in front of him whenever they were in danger. There was one moment, only one time where she did that, and I thought, oh, that's a nice homage. Uh, I really, really enjoyed that. I think she's, uh, she's, she's great. Uh, one of the things saying possibly November. Okay, oh, November. Maybe. So maybe hopefully this year. Oh, right when Thanksgiving and the holidays come, I'll have something to binge. There you Perfect. go. Perfect time. Yeah, buddy. Now, we do have a listener email. Okay. And this is regarding to Legion. Michael on Facebook sent us a message and said, you asked for some listener comments on the show Legion. He says, I really like watching season one, two, and three until the very end, and now I just don't care. There's a way to grade art. Art is Art only has one main purpose, one always underlying objective, one forever backbone. Understood by the question, does it fix the attention to it? For me, it did, and now it doesn't. Uh, it goes on to say that Joe is right because you and Joe had an argument about this, that they made a bunch of throwaway characters. They took the importance and then they got rid of it. When they start first started flipping around what importance was, I thought, okay, it's Legion's universe. Let's see where they go with this. And I was liking most of it. And then they brought it to a place that was unexpected in a muddy and under-budgeted way, he says. They got rid of the importance of the main characters and ended up placing it on Farouk's redemption, something that I never cared about once while watching the show, and that's the show's fault. I might go back and watch season one again just to see if I've spotted everything, but I will never recommend this show to anyone anymore. Wow, that is, that's, you know... That's kind that's of a harsh. harsh take on that. You know what? I think I know this dude, by the way. I've He posts a lot, and if I'm not... I could be wrong, but... Gosh, if he's the same guy, I'm thinking he. There's a lot of things he doesn't like, nah. and you know, there's the there's there. We all know these particular geeks, and again, I don't know if this dude's that guy, but there's one guy in particular that just hates everything because it doesn't go the way he thinks it should go. Uh-huh. Which you have a right as a human being to not like something, and I, I won't take that away from anybody. But his definition of art, in my opinion, and I wrote him back as well, I said, my definition of art is simple. It is a relationship between the art piece and the viewer. It's as simple as that. It's a good call. It really, really is, which is why I'm not going to tell him and Joe they're wrong, because how do I know what their relationship was with it? I mean, yeah. I really can't tell them they're wrong. But I know I loved it because of what the show meant to me. I believe the beginning of this show, 
set a particular tone. It told me what the journey was going to be. It took me on the journey, and the destination is exactly where I am. I'm happy with where the destination was. I felt like it was exactly where it was supposed to be after knowing where the beginning started. That's me where I am at at life, and that's why I use the Space 1999 analogy, because as a kid, when I was a young person, Mm -hmm. I hated Space 1999's first season, and then I watched it 30 years later and had a greater appreciation after 30 years of living on the planet and getting more wisdom. Legion was a bold show that I know went and did a lot of stuff in the world of television and, and, if you will, video entertainment, that some people go, what the hell is going on here? I can get that. I can understand why you wouldn't like it. I can. But I just don't think that I want to get into an argument with anybody to tell them they're wrong and I'm right. I'd rather just assume that we're both yeah. right because it's art. And it's the thing is art is subjective. And then also uh, Michael also mentioned a fact about the, uh, the, that he was kind of disappointed in the fact that it didn't really necessarily go along with the comic book. And you have to kind of realize well, that, that that is going to happen with yeah. this, whether it, if it's and I can get it when you're mad about the fact that it's a character that you love and you would love to see them explore something. But if they explore it in a different way and explore those characters in a different way, it, like you said, it might not be for you. And that's uh, okay. I went on the ride. See, I, I went on the ride not knowing what the ride was about, which, yeah. by the way, this is deep. But that's kind <laughs> of how you live. If you live Ooh. from a place of being in the now, you have no judgments, you have no expectations, and like they kept telling Jon Snow, you know nothing. It's called <laughs> beginner's mind. If yeah, I can experience yeah. life from that standpoint, I am going to appreciate everything including, which I believe is a beautiful piece of work, and I would recommend it to somebody who I believe could be open to the journey that Legion takes you on. I I really loved it. I did. I actually love the third season better than the first two. Really? Yeah, I really wow. love the third season. The third season was so compelling to me, and I wasn't I didn't know where the hell this was going to go, and I just loved how they told this story the whole way through. Loved it. And... You know, I'm not going to get into it, but I've been in a lot of therapy. And I think because I've been in all the therapy going through my own journey, I totally related to David. And I also totally related to Farouk. Okay. I really loved where they went with those. And I cared about Farouk. I actually did. And the only person I would say I wasn't really caring about was Switch and her father because they were relatively new. Yeah. But I gave the show a break because I realized we needed that in order to take me on the final journey for Farouk and David. But again, I can see how it's not your thing. And I'm not going to fault you for it because, again, it's art. You get to not like art. <laughs> exactly. And uh, it's one of the things I'm going to bring up all the time is like if, uh, like Joe said, Joey said, if you don't like something and it doesn't resonate with you, even if you're in the season three of the final season, you can always just stop watching. Yeah, it's not like Krypton, where we all could agree <laughs> what the hell happened to season two. See, my favorite thing right now with that is also, I say that about Joe, but I also told Joe that even though they canceled Krypton, that he needs to finish this season so oh. he can talk about it on the show. I had six episodes in the hopper. I deleted them. Then I said, so Joe, what am I missing? He told me one storyline that I was ready. I was like, I oh my gosh, I would jump I'm off making, a cliff. I'm such a jerk. I'm making him do the book report oh. on something. I love it. You know what? I love it because, and good. Look, I know people can like that. Yeah. But that show just so, I love the first season and then second season I was just disappointed in. That's why it's canceled. Yeah. Well, I mean, (laughs) 
I just imagine it's tough because when you when you when you release a show, mm-hmm. what is also on really has a big impact on whether you like a show or not. Totally, yeah. And I have to tell you, left season one of Krypton, there was no The Boys. I was not watching Killing Eve. Mm. I, you know, I wasn't exposed to Phoebe Waller Bridge, who I think perhaps might be the greatest young writer actor that we have Whoa, out today. Really, she was, of course, the voice of of uh, Lando's uh, droid in Rogue One. And that droid really? was fantastic. And then if you watch huh. Crashing or if you watch Fleabag, you watch Killing Eve where she's written and produced. And I mean, she's amazing. She's just unbelievable. So when I'm exposed to that, I'm sorry. I just, there's no way Krypton can hold up. I mean, it's just, it just can't. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's, I love the fact that we have this problem now. Like oh, I really it's such a do. Great problem. It's one of those one of my favorite problems to have. Uh, moving on from that, we need a board game review from uh, well, both you guys because this is a game you both have played. Well, yes. Vicky, Vicky was with us at Dragonflight, and oh yeah, how'd you? Have, was it a good time? Was it a good time? Oh, Dragonflight, Dragonflight was awesome. Granted, I mean, I, I I had a yearly battle. Like I, it seems like this could be an <laughs> you annual have so event. So many more nemesis. I really do. It's uh, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to be as inclusive as I can be, and you know, sometimes us geeks can have our issues, and you know, so. But I'm still gonna, you know, always be inclusive. But I would say for 99% of it, it was it was positive, including that Vicky got to play games that she had never played before. But our buddy Josh from the Board Game Alliance and the Omega Gamers, he really is a good judge of people and says I bring these games because I want to be inclusive. And he knew Vicky was going oh, to be there. He's the game whisperer. He really is. And you know, Vicky. And he sometimes- doesn't push it on you. No, that's the thing with That's him cool. too. He's very much like let's give this a try. And he's such. If you guys listen to the Board Game Alliance, you can tell he's a very chill person yeah he is very much bj's opposite it's good that he's with me not nemesis this literal polar opposite and And not in a bad way and we've become best buddies and the yin and yang relationship is really good because yeah he he he, we balance each other handle you yeah he does and i also know how to you know i think i I know how to put some spark into him as well um and how do i know this because i josh's wife has got my temperament so it's like oh really it's hysterical yeah that's funny yeah she's high energy she's very social and that's how we all met was because Josh's wife just reached out on Twitter and said, hey, you ought to be with us. We're cool. Yeah. I'm like, all right, sure. And let me just see what's up. And she was right. And she was right because Josh has become pretty much my best, probably my best friend, really, is definitely my best board game friend. Mm-hmm. And um, so Vicky's there. And Josh, you know, he's got kids. He always wants everybody to be involved because Josh loves games so much. He wants everybody to be like all be around the table enjoying this world that he loves. And so he knows Vicky. He knows Vicky doesn't want to basically be screaming all day long like I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't need those social deduction games. And funny enough, the first game we played was a game we didn't really speak a whole lot in. He knows Vicky thi- likes it. Because you're thinking. <laughs> yeah. You're sitting there thinking. And, and yeah. Actually, after we played this game, I he gave it to me. Aww. It was one of those, like, if I want to borrow it, I'll, I'll steal it back. But yeah, basically, you 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 yeah. house it for me. He had an idea that Vicky would dig this game. And, and I did. And she really, really did. It didn't hurt that I won. And you, pro- <laughs> Yeah, right. And we may have talked about this before, but I want to throw this out there because there are some games that are fun to play, but not a lot of interaction. Maybe a good way to start off your party if it's a Friday night and you all have kind of like, look, I want to play games, but man, I'm a little tired. Can we just chill? And also brings back a classic, of course, mm-hmm. which we all grew up with, which is Clue. But they do it in a, I, I mean, they've actually taken the Clue idea and really made something out of it. They made it much better. I feel like really? there's no real point in playing regular Clue now that I've played this. Oh, This is actually called 13 Clues. Uh, and the main idea is you are trying to figure out, you know, 
a person, a place, and an object uh, that killed, you know, is the the killing object, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But everyone has their own, you know, cluster they're looking for. That's the difference. Like, you I, see, yeah. yeah, you see everybody else's. You see, okay, so you're the nurse, you're this person, you're that person, oh. and you have the poison, and you have the shotgun, but you don't see what you got based on the little card. Uh, you have one of those nice little shields. Wow. Yeah, nice screen. Mm-hmm. And so people pick it for you, or... Uh, yeah, they'll kind of pick it for you. They'll put it in front of you so you don't see what's going on. You have two hidden cards that only you see. And depending on how many players you play, we played with five. But then the next day I took it to my friend's birthday party. We played with six. Uh, if you have less, uh, fewer amount of people, there are cards in front of you that you can take a turn to look at. So you're like, okay, well, I know my character isn't this because I have it right here in my hand. So I know ah. that's card B. Yeah, it's kind of it's a, it's a cool it's a cool thing. Rather than just have an envelope that has Professor Plum candlestick in the yeah. conservatory, we all have our own set of people that it could be uh, out of all the characters in the game. Mm-hmm. And you have uh, a little yeah. card, and it's got all the characters, all the objects, and all the locations. And it's based. It's each category has two separate categories. So it, when it comes to people, male or female. When it comes to locations, indoor or outdoor. When it comes to weapons, is it close range or is it melee uh, or ranged? Basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so you ask those questions and each card's different colors. So it's like, hey, how many rev? I'm going to give you a little magnifying glass. How many purple cards, including the ones in front of you, do you see? Which so would be in front of you behind your ones. screen. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, oh, well, Rev just said he sees one purple card. But then I asked BJ or I heard someone ask BJ how many purple cards he sees and he sees zero. So that means Rev probably has a purple card in front of him. So that kind of interesting. You start that yeah. process of elimination. So right off the bat, when you see all the screens, you start crossing off like, well, I know I'm not this character, not this character, not this character. And you start just asking questions at the end. Um and this happened for me, and then the second round we played with uh, my, my friends actually the next day. He's like, I don't, Vicky, you're not playing this round. How do I do this? Like, any question <laughs> I ask, it's not going to give me new information. Like, just guess. That's what I did. Like, you just throw out guesses It like when, for one of your turns. Like, I am the nurse, you know, in the library with poison. And people say yes or no. And just see the reactions, too, like the poker face sort of thing, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, and if you get multiple wow. magnifying glasses in front of you, which sometimes people will want to ask you multiple questions, that gives you as many guesses. So oh. you can get multiple guesses per turn, which is a great advantage. Oh, I, I, I understood it as you lose it. No. I thought that's what we played no, it no, with. No, no, no. What you, I mean, I, would, I should say guesses. You get multiple questions. Questions. Because yeah, yeah, like, yeah. let's say you have two magnifying glasses. So everyone starts off with one. You will always have a magnifying glass on your turn. Uh, but sometimes, let's say, people keep asking BJ questions. So he can end up with three magnifying glasses, which... Him getting asked questions doesn't help him because he already knows that information. However, when it comes to his turn, he's able to ask the questions he wants to ask. And three in a row, yeah. which the which the last one, if I ever want to make a guess, but I was too stupid and I made a guess before I asked questions and I lost all of my magnifying glasses. Oh, crap. Totally didn't know which that rule. Is a, is a uh, it was explained to me, but I totally forgot that rule. It, it's a, I think it's a really good rule for a game like this because then if you just uh, it gives it uh, a little bit more of like, crap, I really have to make this one guess and I have to be at the end. Otherwise, I'll lose my magnifying glasses. Yeah. And yeah, if you make a guess, making a guess might not be as helpful to other people as saying, mm-hmm. hey, do you have this color? Yeah, 13 clues. And it is available at Amazon. It's like it's under 40 bucks. Nice. And uh, some people are selling it under 30 bucks. So yep. it really depends I, on where I you want to go. I was literally about to go on Amazon and buy it. And he's like, you can just take it. I'm like, so, uh, <laughs> and I owe you a cake. Good old, uh, <laughs> let's see. So Andres Voichu, uh, Giacomo Tapainer. I hope I said your name's right. Uh, and it's, it says the publisher is uh, D.V. Giacci, but uh, it's 13, yeah, 13 Clues. It's a great party game, and
and it plays up to six players, half hour, eight plus age group. That's great. And it really yes. is. It's it's a fun, quiet game. It, I mean, it's really engaging. And I still talk because I'll give people a hard time. But, you right. know. I mean, it, you could, it's not one of those where you have to be 100% quiet. You just end up just... Thinking, thinking a whole bunch and yeah. getting into and it. Actually it's a like good that. game. I love that. Well, now, Vicky, since you're here, it is time for The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, I know I ask this, and sometimes I, uh, I don't really want to know the answers, but uh, what's going on in your brain? <laughs> oh, don't ask that. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, good things are happening in my brain. All right. Something is back. What's back? Something is coming back. The Sestras. Are coming back. What? The Clone yes, Club? The Clone Club. Orphan oh. Black, the next chapter. It's a little different than what you may think. It is not a TV show. It's not, Arr. but it is a continuation of where they left off. It's seven, eight years into the future, but it's all done on Serial Box audiobook. So it's going to be an audiobook. Done by Tatiana Maslany. Uh, you know, they're so big on that with the world of, of England. Big Finish, I know, does so many Doctor Who audio stuff, and so that doesn't surprise me. So the next chapter continues the clone story eight years after the events of the show uh, when biologist Cosima and her sestra, Sarah Manning and Allison Hendricks, along with other familiar and not-so-familiar faces, are forced out of their fiercely protect- protected private lives to stop a global Disaster. Ooh. Um, and Maslani tells an interview with Entertainment Weekly, it's an interesting new medium to use for the characters because the show was a visual kind of gimmick in a way to have multiple versions of me in the same frame. It feels like a natural extension to do something that's audio based. So, so much of the work we're doing on the clones was vocally and how they were different and the joy of having one voice do multiple different accents and idiosyncrasies and all that. It made sense to me to extend the story through the audio world. I don't think this would work. Had we not had many seasons of the show first, and she and, and and being a person that you know, I made audio my whole career. I did notice that she, from an audio standpoint, it wasn't just like I dressed different, looked different, but yeah, Tatiana did such a great job with the tone, the pacing, the cadence. Yeah, she yeah. embodied the characters. I forget she it was really one did. person. Yeah, she did a great job with that, and that, that that's a lot of fun. Are you going to do it? Are you going to get it? Oh, probably. It's, I think, 10 bucks for the whole season, if you will. It'll oh, think it'll drop in nothing. September. It says, according to Maslani, fans can expect to meet new clones, even badder bad guys, and a Ooh. lot of surprises around every corner when the first episode drops in September. Nice. And they actually dropped, like, a little exclusive clip. Kasima Niehaus, you're one of them, aren't you? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You have to understand. I didn't know. I didn't realize... He was backing away from her now, trying to get behind the desk. Vivi tried to suck in breath. What was he talking about? One of them. Sturgis babbled on. You really look just like her. I suppose that makes sense. He giggled in a truly terrifying way, and Vivi closed the distance until she was in reach of him. Incredible. Just incredible. Sturgis raised a hand as if to touch her hair, and Vivi kicked him. She struck him hard, just above the knee, and he doubled over in pain, which gave her a chance to put him in a submission hold. Whatever was going on here, she had to know. What are you talking about? What makes sense? Who is Niehaus? So in this, you can tell that 
this is a we're introduced to a new clone named Vivi, Vivi Valdez. Oh, so yeah. she is an unaware clone, which has kind of been a reoccurring theme throughout the series. You know, clones who don't realize they're actually clones or who they are. Not until they meet Sarah. But apparently, according to uh, Maslani, she said she grew up with a sense that there are other girls who look like her and she thought they were her imaginary friends. There's this narrative that she sort of has reproduced in her head to be like, oh, those are imaginary friends that I was seeing. Her psychiatrist and her parents forced that idea on her. So when she first starts seeing adult women that look like her and Charlotte and all these other people, it puts the story of her childhood in stark contrast with the truth, what the truth is. And she has to reevaluate it. So not only is she investigating the massive explosion that happened, she's also picking through the part of her own identity and her life story. So we, if you, you can definitely get uh, the Serial Box app through your uh, Google Play Store and or it's iTunes. S-E- R-I-A-L. Not, not like cereal eating for cereal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, like a cereal adventure. <laughs> the first episode will drop September 12th with a new episode following each week. And uh, after season, uh, just a heads up, after episode five, there will be a mid-season hiatus and the remaining episodes will be released starting in October. All right. This is an interesting take on what they will do a lot of the times when a TV show goes away. I've seen a lot of that with like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but they went to comics mm-hmm. as opposed to a serial audio. Yeah. But it's still, it's it's kind of a neat way to continue it on, even if they're not getting uh, the TV stuff. And a minimal you know, commitment from the actors or actresses that want yeah. to go on and do other things, they still can do this. And then we can be happy. <laughs> and I mean, I think it's awesome in a series like this because it is uh, Mislani doing it, and she's so good at all the different accents and voices that it's going to feel like we're actually watching the show. That's fun. That's a lot of fun on that one. So definitely, you guys. If you guys have, uh, by the way, Serial Box has a lot of exclusive books and stuff that you can read and listen to. Ooh. So do check it out. Uh, you can just buy the whatever series you want. Um, I saw some really cool ones, including uh, one called Dead Air. Oh. Somebody on the radio. What? Interesting. Cool. Yeah, I have to check, check that, that out. out. Yeah. And until next time, guys, stay nerdy. Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club.